listening to the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Here's your host, Joe Deluisio. Because he's a bad man! Welcome to episode 100 of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Coming to you live from the New York City studios. Joe Deluisio here. Give me a follow on Twitter at Joe, double underscore D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O, episode 100. Before we get into anything, because we have an action-packed playoff edition of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast, special shout-out to all my listeners. Whether you've listened to one episode, two episodes, or all 100, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, because without you guys, 100 episodes wouldn't be possible So thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for giving me feedback. Thank you for tuning in and finding me somewhat entertainment. And if you've never listened before, welcome aboard. We'll have plenty of episodes in the future. Big weekend ahead of us. Playoff football, the best time of the year. The NFL playoffs officially underway this weekend, kicking things off. On Saturday, the Vegas Raiders, they snuck into the postseason in dramatic fashion with their win over the L.A. Chargers. Now they earned a trip to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and company. Kickoff 4.30 p.m. Eastern time later that evening. The Patriots on the road. They head to Buffalo where the weather is supposed to be frigid. We saw these two teams battle it out earlier in December in some nasty weather. A very, very interesting game. What should we expect this time around? Will the forecast affect the final outcome as it did the other time that they met in December? Who knows? We'll find out. Kickoff 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. On to Sunday. An exciting Sunday. Triple header on Sunday. We have the extended super wild card weekend this year for the first time because of the extra playoff uh, the extra playoff team so we actually will have a game on Monday as well but that means 3 on Sunday and we start off with the NFC Eagles traveling to Tampa to take on the Bucks Eagles really the only team in the playoffs that I have zero faith in that kickoff 1 p.m. Eastern time at 4:30 p.m. Eastern time one of the games of the week, in my opinion, the 49ers take on the Cowboys. This matchup really just reminds me of old school football, right? Two teams with so much history, so much success in the early years. They haven't really been relevant or there as of late. Yes, the 49ers, much more success as of late than the Dallas Cowboys. But this reminds me of tough football. I don't want to bash the Cowboys when I say this. But I want to leave this question out to the audience. And we'll get back to it later in the podcast when I have my picks of the week. Spoiler alert, there will be picks of the week. What was the Cowboys' most impressive win this season? Who was it against? I'm not going to answer that question, but just think about it. And I think for how long you're going to have to think about this, the answer is right there. We wrap things up on Sunday in what should be Big Ben's final game of his successful NFL career as the Steelers take on the Chiefs at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. That wraps up the three games on Sunday. The Chiefs, who played the Steelers earlier in the year, completely 
dismantled them, had no issues, and I suspect a lot of that to carry over in this wildcard matchup. And we wrap things up. NFL wildcard weekend finishes on Monday with round three Cardinals, Rams, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Now, again, I could have went a little bit deeper into those games, but why do you want to listen to me when I am going to dive deeper into those games with a guest? We haven't had a guest all season long. It's been a lot of me. You've heard my voice maybe too much this season. Maybe you like it. Maybe you hate it. But because the Packers are off this week, they've earned the bye, I decided to bring on a a buddy of mine. So we will be joined in just a little bit by John Jastrzemski, host of the New York, New York podcast on The Ringer, also Spotify. JJ will join me a little later to discuss these games in a little bit more detail. We'll also talk about, you know, a little gambling, have some fun this weekend, want to spread a little shekels around the games. If you've never gambled before, now you can do it legally on your smartphone device in the state of New York and many other states already you've been able to do this. So he'll give you your little intro to sports gambling 101 if you've never done it before. And for those of you that have been doing it and will continue to do it, we'll have some fun with JJ in just a little bit. So now obviously, okay, whether this is your first episode with me or episode 100 with me, this is a pod, This is a Packers podcast, right? If the sharp cheddar didn't give it away, well, I just gave it away. So, if you don't know by now, you live under rock. The Packers, obviously, on the bye. They get to sit home, relax, rest, and wait to see who will come to Lambeau Field next week. There have already been reports that next weekend could rival some of the oldest, coldest, games in NFL history, but a little too early to tell, but that's exactly what this team should want in terms of home home field advantage. This is exactly what they would want if a team like someone from the West Coast, someone down South came up to play them. You want to welcome in, welcome them in to frigid temperatures. And according to early reports, it looks like it is going to be very, very cold at Lambeau Field next week when the Packers play, either Saturday or Sunday. That is yet to be determined. We have to see how things shake up during Wild Card Weekend. So, for the last few weeks, I've been talking about the possibility of the Packers making late-season additions. While most teams in the NFL, at this point, the few that are remaining, they're making subtractions. And this is really starting to kick into gear. In week 18, we saw the return of David Bakhtiari, who didn't play a single game this season after suffering a a torn ACL right around the new year of last year. We saw the return of Josh Myers. And now we hear Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, Randall Cobb, Billy Turner, Whitney Merciless, a guy that I didn't... I This was probably the last guy that I expected to potentially return have now all returned to practice. Now, obviously, we don't know who will be in, who will be active, how much they, each of these guys will be involved. But nevertheless, this is the news that you want to hear heading into the postseason. 
this is the news that should get the rest of the NFL, the remaining teams on both sides, AFC, NFC, they should be worried. Again, you aren't getting backups back on your roster. You're not getting third-string players onto your roster. You are getting impact players at several different positions. And quite frankly, in, in, spo- in spots where they haven't struggled despite missing such key players. Now, you can argue the fact that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And there's part of me, and, and I've talked about this, and I agree to a certain extent that you can't just throw in Zadarius Smith and say, hey, you're in. Go get him, Cowboy. I don't think you could just throw in Jair Alexander and say, hey, run wild. I think this is a huge opportunity for Matt LaFleur as well as the rest of the coaching staff to figure out a way to get creative with some of these guys that are coming back and have them make an impact and get them involved. Whether it's different packages, different formations that we've never seen, This is the perfect opportunity to roll that out there where there's no tape. Yeah, everybody knows how powerful or the playmaking ability of a guy like Zadarius Smith or Jair Alexander. But throwing them in in different packages, in different areas of the field where the opposing team isn't familiar with seeing That could be huge for this team. That could give them the advantage that many teams do not have at this point. Many teams are not welcoming back so many impact players. They're losing them. Look at a team like the Bucs. Godwin, Antonio Brown, two key players gone. And those are just two that come off the top of my head. They're not the only two in the postseason. I'll be honest, something about this season feels and seems very special. At the same time, I have those hesitations just based on the way that this team has performed the last two years in the postseason. Getting to the NFC Championship game And playing awful. They've won the regular season a third consecutive year in my book. Now go out there and win the postseason. Accomplish the ultimate goal. Raise that Lombardi trophy. We sit now and we wait to find out who the Packers play. Obviously, we'll preview that in next week's episode of the podcast. Of course, they will also go up against the the highest remaining seed, the higher number seed remaining, if anyone pulls up the upset. We shall see. We'll find out. But I think getting these guys back is going to be 
is going to be really, really important. And for the for the people that are saying, hey, put him right back in, ah, I hesitate there. A guy like Jair Alexander, you, you're going to really take Rasul Douglas off the field? You're going to really take Eric Stokes off the field, the rookie who has been phenomenal? Rasul Douglas, who was picked up off a practice squad and has been a savior for this team? It's a great opportunity for the coaching staff to really get creative, put these guys in areas where the other team isn't sure what they're going to be doing, and take advantage. For the first time, and I don't even know how long, you could say that you're getting healthy at the right time. Usually not the case. You got to take advantage of that opportunity. Now, before we get to JJ, some all-pro news. The Associated Press voted three members of the Green Bay Packers on the 2021 NFL All-Pro team. Of course, quarterback Aaron Rodgers, he gets the nod. Getting the most votes at the quarterback position. Of course, Tom Brady, number two. And typically, these all-pro votings mirror the MVP voting. So, based on the votes that Rodgers got, I'm not saying he won the MVP again, back-to-back years. But, there's a good shot that he does win that trophy for his second consecutive time. Obviously, with Rodgers making the list, Devontae Adams also gets the recognition. And linebacker Devondre Campbell, all three first-team selections. No surprise, of course, Rodgers and Adams. But shout-out to Devondre Campbell. Shout-out to general manager Brian Gutenkust. The Packers snagged Campbell on a one-year, $2 million deal back in early June. He had already been on the market for nearly three months, not a single bite. Now the guy is named a first-team All-Pro. Absolutely incredible story. First inside linebacker to make the AP first team. All-Pro since Pro Football Hall of Famer Ray Ninchke back in the late 60s. Quite an accomplishment for Devondre Campbell, who, I mean... To be quite frank, the Packers signed this guy and definitely did not expect this production. I'm sorry. Anyone tells you otherwise, they're lying. Essentially signed this guy to fill a roster spot as a stopgap like the rest of the linebackers that they've gone through over the last several years. But he has made a tremendous impact on this defense. The production that you've gotten out of guys like Campbell, out of guys like Rasul Douglas... You can't ask for much more. You can't ask for much more. The only thing you could ask for is that fairy tale ending. Will it happen? We will see. But kudos to all three of those guys. And a shout out again, Brian Gutenkus. Doesn't bring in a flashy guy, flashy name. Look at the production. Look at the track record now. You make a move for Rasul Douglas. Devondre Campbell, you could argue that those two have been the two horses, the two veterans on that defense that have led this team and kept it all together. Have played a huge role in why the Packers are where they are this season. The addition of Whitney Merciless. Now, we didn't see him much 
because of the injury. But in the very brief time that we saw him, and hopefully we see him again this postseason, some bright things. And yeah, there were some guys that he's brought in that haven't panned out, of course. But there have been a ton that have. So you got to give credit where credit is due. And sometimes it's not the big name that everybody knows that comes up, shows up, does their job, exceeds expectations, and helps this team get to their goal. Congratulations again, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Devondre Campbell. All right, to the hotline we go. Let's welcome in John Jastrzemski, host of New York, New York podcast on The Ringer. Find it on Spotify, all your podcast platforms. Give him a follow on Twitter at John underscore Jastrzemski. JJ, how you doing, buddy? Joseph, fine. Wild card weekend. A lot to chew on. A lot to digest. Legalized New York sports gambling. So let's get it, baby. Now, JJ, I will say this. We'll peel back the layers a little bit for the listeners. I remember producing for you back back in the day at, at CBS Sports Radio at the network. And if there was a guy that was on the lines before everyone was really looking on the lines, it was you. So how juiced, how excited are you about legalized sports gambling now here in the new, in New York State? It's just so long overdue, Joe, because so many people have had avenues and platforms to find all the stuff that's out there and available. So now the ability of the consumer to go on their phone and sit on the couch and have fun and get involved with all the stuff that FanDuel and BetMGM and Caesars and all these companies are giving you, dude, it's fabulous. I thought it was great last week. Hopefully we're going to have the same success that we had last week because we ended the regular season with a bang. But it's something that should have happened 20 to 30 years ago. And I'm glad New York State finally smartened up and realized they can, dare I say, make a profit on this bad boy. Perfect timing, too, right before the postseason. A little difficult, though, if you were a first-time guy going into it or a gal going into it week 18 with so many different players out, who's starting, who's not. Um, for, for the ones that are new to it, the intro to Sports Wagering 101, people want to get involved. What would you recommend? How do you get started? advice to people out there is obviously bet within your means and bet within reason but if we're talking strategy be very careful of the game and the line that seems too good to be true and i think if you bet a lot of public teams and you bet a lot of favorites it's not ultimately going to be a winning strategy there are times you got to make a bet that's not fun that's not easy on the eyes that's not particularly enjoyable, but the odds makers know what they're doing. They don't, they don't like make these lines for their health, for their overall well-being. They make these lines because they're sharp and they're smart. So be careful of these trap, too-good-to-be-true type of lines because more often than not, Joe, for the first time better, they probably are too good to be true. Now we know the parlays, they could get real juicy when you're mixing five or six teams in there. Do you recommend the parlay route? Do you recommend the straight up? Do you get a little bit fun in mixing a teaser? Again, the intro, the 101 class here. You know, it's interesting. The parlay will get you into trouble. I know you're going to see these like 10 or 15 team parlays, like $20 parlays for $10,000. What the freaking do? You're not hitting those more often than not. In a lot of cases, it's a lottery ticket. 
I got to admit, Joe, I've come around on the tease in the NFL. Now, I think you got to tread lightly with the idea of just teasing favorites, but I do think that these numbers, if you kind of work them in your favor, Niners, for example, you get them from three and you go above nine, or New England, you get them four, you get them the ten and a half, eleven. You know, like you can mix and match with the tees where it really can be beneficial in the NFL, and I've had a lot of success doing that. But, again, don't stick strictly to the favorites. Try to mix and match game, total, and you can kind of take it from there. We'll get a little bit deeper into the slate of NFL Wild Card Weekend, what to look for on the gambling side of things in just a moment. And before we get to the postseason, I can't have you on and not ask you about your Miami Dolphins here. All right? Big surprise in my eyes. I know you were pretty shocked when you heard the news that the team decided to let – head coach Brian Flores go. What was your initial reaction? Where do you go from here? So I was totally blindsided. I was totally shocked. And let me make this clear, Joe. I'm a Brian Flores guy. I think he knows how to get the most out of a team. I think the results would indicate that with the Dolphins having back-to-back winning years. But done a lot of digging the last few days. I've talked to a lot of people down in Miami. And let's just say they weren't as shocked as I was. And Here's the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from what I've learned about Brian Flores. He is a guy that is just very difficult to deal with. And I like him personally. So this is not me. This is people around the team. This is players around the team. He's kind of got this authoritative, my way, the highway type of deal. And is just not really that interested in working with others. So, you know, there are narratives, though, he wanted Herbert over too, and that's BS. I can tell you point blank. Brian Flores had ultimate control of the roster, but this is a guy who wanted more and more control. He clearly picked off a lot of people, and I don't think his firing in any way was performance-related. This was about people skills and being able to deal with all sorts of folks from the owner to players to front office types, and that's why ultimately Brian Flores got let go. And I, for him moving forward, Joe, he is going to have to learn – from this in his next job. I think he can be a very successful head coach. The other thing that really hurt him, terrible, terrible offensive hires. When you go through three offensive coordinators in three years, there was a good chance he was going to have to make another change at offensive coordinator. That That's what I mean about the whole people skills element. So I like Brian. I'm rooting for Brian. He's always been very good to me, but that's why – a coach with back-to-back winning seasons got let go. You dig a little deeper, you see exactly why it's the case. You have the power here. Who are you hiring as the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins? Doug Peterson or Brian Dable. I want an offensive mind. I want a guy with toughness. I need an offensive background. The Dolphins have just not been good enough on offense the last few years. Uh, I don't think it has to be a guy with experience. I think that's one of the more overrated narratives that gets pushed out there, Joe, because, look, Look at your guy LaFleur. No experience. Guys in the NFC title game, bunch of years in a row. John Harbaugh had no experience. Mike Tomlin had no experience. Sean McVay had no experience. Kyle Shanahan had no experience. So, like, there are instances where the experienced guy has success. Andy Reid, McCarthy to some degree with the Cowboys, sure. But 
you can find the coordinator. It's just got to be the right one. But I need an offensive guy who's got a little pizzazz and got a little personality to him. Is Tua the guy, though? Uh, I'm skeptical on that. And I was very, very big on Tua. I wanted him. I wanted him over Herbert. I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, Tua's got to show me a lot. Now, there's a lot to chew on with them. Offensive line was the worst in the league. Weapons around him, not great outside of Jalen Waddle. Let's be honest. He is not he's not working with Jamar Chase and Boyd and Higgins and Mixon, for example, like Burrow's working with, with the Cincinnati Bengals. But sooner or later, Joe, you run out of excuses. And they're gonna have a ton of salary cap space next year. So if two is the quarterback in Miami, I gotta assume he'll have a better support staff around him. It's a make or break year for him next year. And I, I, I would be very interested in the Deshaun Watson conversation if I didn't have 10 zillion legal suits that were kind of hanging over him. But there are 10 zillion legal suits hanging over him. So it's very, very tough to make that move. Transition, transitioning into the playoffs, is there a specific team or storyline that intrigues you the most? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to give you two, and I think they're both in the NFC. I think it's your team that has to get to a Super Bowl this year. There's no other way around it. They're the number one seed again. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Lambeau Field. The Packers cannot come up short this year, Joe. And you know this, and I know you probably believe this, cannot come up short this year. That's number one. Number two is the West Angeles Rams. They went all in. They're going to Matthew Stafford. They're going to bring in Von Miller. They're going to get Odell Beckham Jr. The Rams need to go on a serious play. Season run. I'm not saying they got to get to a Super Bowl, but they could be getting bounced in the first round by the Arizona Cardinals. That would be a monumental flop for McVay and company. They cannot lose this game. Now, before I had you on, I was just talking about the Packers, obviously. And, and the one thing that I said that's important for them this postseason is at this point of the season, most teams are getting subtractions, not additions. You got a slew of players that haven't played. For the Green Bay Packers, Adarius Smith, Jair Alexander. You just had David Bakhtiari come back in week 18. Randall Cobb, Whitney Merciless. They're all practicing, and they're all back in, or possibly could be back in that rotation. And to me, I mean, I think it's the perfect storm and a, a tremendous opportunity that they have an advantage over any team in the NFL because of that. Yeah, and those guys coming back, big deal. And you got Rodgers playing with a chip on his shoulder, which you love. The idea that Aaron Rodgers is playing three and he's playing like he's got something to prove, he's got to be, he's got to win in the postseason now. I know he won that Super Bowl. Joe, that Super Bowl is over a decade ago. It's crazy to say, but it's true. It's it, it's a long time ago. And again, you keep winning the regular season, great. But when you make it to the NFC Championship game two years in a row and fall up short and you don't even perform to the level that you've performed at all season long, quite frankly, it's Super Bowl or bust. And even if, and I mean winning the Super Bowl, you can't just get to another NFC Championship game and get over that hump. This is, you don't know what the future is. You got to get it done here. Uh, you would think. Bare minimum, they got to be playing in the game, though. Bare minimum, they got to be playing in the game. You can't lose to Brady again. You can't lose to the Rams. And I'm telling you, the winner of the Niner-Dallas game, I think, might be the biggest threat to the Packers. I really do. I think the winner of that game is going to have a lot of momentum. I think the winner of that game is going to be feeling good about themselves. That is the game that is by far and away the most fascinating this weekend. Niners, 
Cowboys because I think either team could make serious, serious noise. Well, here's the thing with that game, JJ. I think if you're looking at it, if you're the Cowboys and they win this game, there is no way that Aaron Rodgers is going to let Mike McCarthy come into Lambeau and beat him. I actually feel comfortable welcoming in the Cowboys into Lambeau. Maybe I'm going to bite my tongue if this happens. I agree with that. That's an excellent, excellent point, Joe. Excellent, excellent point. Aaron ain't losing to Mike McCarthy in a playoff game. No way, no how. That actually would scare me more. I'm perfectly honest with you, dude. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I'm right there with you because I have shades of you know Colin Kaepernick running all over Green Bay's defense, and here we are all over again. They got a ton of playmakers on that 49ers team, and you know they they scare me the most. I know you mentioned the Rams there. The inconsistency with that team is up in the air too. I'll be quite honest. On both conferences, I think it's really wide open. I think this is the first time in a long time where there aren't two teams or three teams that are that much better than everybody else. Good point. And even with Kansas City looking like they're the top dog in the AFC, I think on the right day Kansas City can be beat. We saw Cincinnati beat them. We saw Buffalo going to Arrowhead Stadium and beat them. And the road to the Super Bowl goes through Tennessee, and it's a team nobody gives any respect to, nobody gives any credit to. They're getting Derrick Henry back extremely well. And they're tough as nails. Do not sleep on the Tennessee Titans. If there's a team in the AFC that you don't think, outside of Tennessee, well, it seems like it's Tennessee, but outside of Tennessee that isn't getting enough praise, who made that Who made that AFC team be? It's a good question. Um, I would put the Titans in that category because I think Cincinnati's got plenty of love with Burrow. The Raiders, I don't think anybody looks at them as a legit Super Bowl contender, although we'll get to them in there chances of winning this game on Saturday. New England, I love Belichick. He's not winning three games on the road with Mac Jones as his quarterback. No way, no how. It ain't happening. Um, So I would say it's the Titans, Joe. I really would. Most overrated team in this postseason? Ooh, good question. Most overrated team in this postseason? Cincinnati Bengals. One and done? Or you don't think they get out of the first round? Yeah, I got the Raiders. I am taking the Raiders plus the points, and I think they're winning the game. Okay, why? Why? Interesting. I'm on the other side of things. I think Joe Burrow and that offense is super explosive. Here's a perfect opportunity to show that you're the next level of quarterback, the next generation of quarterback in the NFL. I get that, and Burrow's awesome. Their offensive line is shaky. The Raider front is terrific. The Raiders have played in so many close games over the last eight weeks. They won in Dallas. They won that crazy game against the Chargers. They took down Indianapolis. They got some juju about them. I'm getting five to five and a half points. And the Bills, Joe, haven't won a playoff game in 30-some years. I'm going to keep rolling with that trend. I'm going to keep rolling with that narrative. I trust the Bengals. I got to see it, bro. I got to see it. Sticking to the lines, the gambling side of things when it comes to this weekend. Looking at the spreads now, I know you said you're all over the Raiders and the points. What other two games kind of stick out to you when you're looking at the lines and saying, that's juicy? Well, I'm concerned how trendy this has gotten. You know, I don't like being a trendy kind of guy. Of course, of um, course. To be the one the trends, to be honest. Um, the Niners, though, against the Cowboys, because I think the Cowboys are a team that is a front-running team. 
I think they can be pushed around in this game. I think Debo Samuel, I think the running game of San Francisco, I think the defensive front of San Francisco is going to make things happen in this particular matchup. And I don't trust Mike McCarthy, and I don't trust the Cowboys, and I know everybody's on them, Joe, but I am riding with the San Francisco 49ers. And any other game I love is Monday night. I get an opportunity to bet against, bet against Cliff Kingsbury in a playoff game. Where the hell do I sign? The Rams have to win this game. The Rams cannot be losing this game to the Cardinals under any circumstances. I'll lay three and a half. I'll lay four. I like the Rams to win comfortably on Monday night. I am not a believer in the Cardinals at all. Have you had an opportunity to check out any of the prop bet situations? Yeah, so there's two that I like, and one of them i got to give credit to the great Ariel Levine who came on my podcast yesterday. The longest run for Devin Singletary is like 13.5 or 14.5 yards to Fandle. The Pat run defense has been shaky. Singletary has busted off a few long runs the last few weeks, so that's one that I have immediately circled. The other one I'm getting involved with is my dude Hunter Renfro, who has been making things happen left and right. His receiving yard prop, I want to say, is at like 51.5 yards. I would expect that Derek Carr is going to stick with his dude Hunter Renfro, and he's going to be making things happen. John Jastrzemski, host of New York, New York podcast on the Ringer, Spotify. Give him a follow on Twitter on at John underscore Jastrzemski. JJ, you working on anything that the listeners should know about? We got our pod three days a week. I got some TV coming up over the weekend on SNY. So Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, New York, New York. We've been rocking it. And if you're a Jack fan with all the moving and shaking with the GM and head coach, we got you covered. JJ, you're the best brother. Enjoy the postseason. Thank you so much for coming on. Anytime, Joey. You got it, baby. Man, JJ is one of those guys that gets me fired up every single time he joins the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Fortunate enough to be a, a good friend of his and very gracious of his time to be able to join me on the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. You heard him. He likes the Niners. Interesting prop bets there. And I think I could get behind him. Devin Singletary, longest run, 13 and a half or 14 yards. I kind of like the way that sounds. And Hunter Renfro, he's been Carr's guy. I'm on the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow, but if they're going to have a chance in this one, Hunter Renfro is probably going to have to have a big game. Great stuff, as always, from JJ. Again, give him a follow on Twitter, at John underscore Jastrzemski. And again, if you haven't already listened to his podcast before, go check it out. New York, New York podcast, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple, anywhere that you could download a a podcast, you'll find New York, New York. Now, before I let you go, music hit it. It's time. Money isn't everything. It's the only thing. For Joe's. Packers are moving on. Three picks of the week. Everyone has a price. Okay, let's get to my picks of the week. So I finished the regular season not so hot, 1-2, my regular season final record, 29-21, finishing the regular season in the green. Something we love to see, always a positive, better than finishing in the orange, better than in the red, in the green. So I made you some extra scuttle this regular season. Hopefully, I continue to help you stay in the green 
for the postseason. A ton of games to choose from this week, so we are going to stay to our regular three games, three spreads, and we begin with that Raiders-Bengals game, and I like the Bengals minus five and a half. I think Vegas, their luck has run out. What I've seen from Joe Burrow and company, they have that so much talent on offense that if this gets into a shootout, it's going to be hard, and I don't think Carr will be able to keep up with Burrow. That's why I like the Bengals in this one. Just way too much power on that offense between Mixon, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. The list goes on. I think this is a perfect opportunity for Burrow to prove to him, to himself and to the rest of the league that he is the future in terms of generational quarterbacks here. Give the Bengals minus five and a half. Game number two. Second game of the playoffs, Patriots-Bills. Give me the Pats plus four. We saw what happened last time these two met. These two teams met in terrible conditions. Mac Jones and the Patriots, they were able to get it done, even though he only threw the ball three times. They were able to figure it out. In this game, quite frankly, all of the pressure is on the Bills and Josh Allen and how he has underperformed in cold weather games, specifically when the temperature is 32 or below. You know Bill Belichick is loving every single second of that, is preparing for that. And the fact that he's got no more pressure on his shoulders, I think that helps him in this one. I like the Patriots plus four. And finally, sounds like JJ and I are on the same page with this one. Another dog, 49ers, Cowboys. I like the Niners plus three. I go back to the question earlier in the pod, and I should have asked JJ this, and I didn't, and it totally slipped my mind, but... What was Dallas's most impressive win this season? It's not an easy question. What was their best win? It's not an easy question. You're going to tell me them blowing out Washington or them blowing out Philadelphia? Come on, give me a break here. I think this Dallas defense is a very boomer bust defense that doesn't match up well with the 49ers playmakers and their high playmaking ability. The 49ers will definitely be able to get after Dak and it could be very problematic for this Cowboys team. And that's why I love the Niners at plus three. Remember, JJ said you could push the li- that line in a few teasers from plus three to maybe nine, push it to ten. That looks even juicier right there. So my three picks, Bengals, minus five and a half, Patriots, plus four, and the 49ers, plus three. And those are my picks of the week. So that'll wrap up this episode of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. Again, special shout out to JJ for hopping on and and giving us some of his football knowledge, gambling, and NFL side of things. We always appreciate when he could stop by episode 100. Again, thank you everyone. You guys make this possible and I can't thank you enough for all the support that I've gotten. Give me a follow on Twitter at Joe double underscore D-A L-O-I-S-I-O. Let's talk about the games. Let's talk about the action. Let's get into playoff mode. Okay, let's chat about who the Packers will be playing. We'll find out once these games are finished and wrapped up. And I look forward to previewing that episode next week. Again, give me a follow on Twitter at Joe, double underscore, D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. And as always, Go Pack Go!